We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Welcome to the Budding Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. I'm here with Johnny Gomez. And Johnny, you know, every one of these podcasts really since the season ended, I've been thinking, what are we going to fill the show with? And the shows just have been writing themselves about an hour before we're recording. Clay Matthews signs with the Rams amid much speculation. But hey, how you doing, man? Well, it's like, like the other podcasts, man. I, I put in a phone call to... Clay Matthews to and told him, "Hey man, you know we need we need some content for Budding Heads. So uh, by all means, you know hold your contract signing until today. So you're welcome." <laughs> yeah, you got the connections, man, and you know, I appreciate you getting Clay on our show, uh, guys. We got a lot to talk about here. Clay Matthews and of course Blake Bortles, who, if we recall last week, I just threw out that I wanted him on the team. And a week later, he's on the team. So I'm a bit happy about that. But before we get into everything, guys, make sure you've given us a review 
on wherever you're getting your podcast. If you haven't already, we're everywhere. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, Spotify, iBeatRadio.com, Radio Public. And don't forget to check out the other shows on our feed, Rams Talk Radio, Rams Uncentered, Rampage Radio. And, of course, you can find us on the Clutch Points app. But before we – and um, also check out our social media pages and find the T-shirt we're selling. We got a pretty cool T-shirt up there. Money is going to help us fund the site and give you more content that you guys deserve. But before we get to our thoughts on Clay Matthews, Johnny, I recorded a quick phone call with – my friend Michael Biermeister, who's been on the show before and is my resident Packers expert. So here's Beer on his beloved Clay Matthews leaving the team. All right, guys, I'm here with WBKB TV's Michael Biermeister, better known as my resident Packers expert. Beer, I'm just going to let you talk about it. The Rams have signed Clay Matthews to a two year deal worth a max of $16.75 million. Tell me how to feel. It's bittersweet. It's bittersweet, Steve. I'm feeling kind of sad, but I'm feeling pretty good. Right now the Packers are in a rebuild mode. Put together some better pieces, get rid of some dead weight. We got rid of Randall Cobb as well today. Clay Matthews, though, he was such a phenomenal player when he started out in Green Bay. He was the guy to watch. And as the years went on, slowly but surely he kind of faded away. Still brought a little bit of value, but I'm happy, to be honest. I'm happy that he's gone. I'm happy he's restarting. He's closer to home. And uh, I don't know how are you feeling about this because he's going to be an L.A. Ram. And, you know, $16.75 million over two years, I don't know if I would have given him that money. I don't know if I would have either. We we talked about this on the show either last week or two weeks ago. We were – the thought of bringing in Clay Matthews on a, a minimum contract or close to minimum to be a – you know, situational pass rusher kind of type guy, kind of like the role Chris Long played on the Patriots. We were very excited about that, but this money seems like he will be a full-blown every-down starter on the Rams. You don't give a guy that much money to come in and be a situational player, especially when, for us, our outside linebackers are, are weak. But, no, I think we all know Clay is not the player he was a couple of years ago, uh, you know, I remember I've been saying this to show when I was in college, people like you would get frustrated with him, and that was three or four years ago. So, I mean, right now, what? how do you think Clay Matthews stepping into this defense would produce for us? Honestly, I think he comes in leaving off at the same page with Green Bay. He literally has one role, and it's it's just rushing. Like, he literally does the same thing every play. He's not going to drop back. They're just going to keep pushing him. Uh, he's gonna. The goal is to get him in the backfield near the quarterback. That is the ultimate goal for Clay Matthews. That's all he's ever known. That's all he's been accustomed to. Unless, uh, Saint, unless uh, I almost said St. Louis. I almost <laughs> went back there. But unless LA uh, has some sort of different scheme game plan for Clay, I think he's gonna stick to what he knows, and that's just trying to get into the backfield, disrupting the pass game, trying to shut down those. Uh, outside runs, getting those running backs to the outside. I mean, that's all he knows, man. I, it's it's you know it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, and... it's hard to teach something like that to to a pass rusher like Clay Matthews because that's all he's ever known. We shouldn't need to teach him new tricks. I mean, you bring in all we I really wanted it for was to rush the quarterback, which. No, all, basically all of our pass rush last year was coming from Aaron Donald, who is an interior defensive lineman. So bringing it, bringing him wild. in, wild, yeah. 
having him there, having Dante Fowler, that makes me feel a little better. But, uh, yeah, and you mentioned St. Louis. We ain't getting this guy if we're still in St. Louis. Let's be real there. He's, uh, he's coming back home to play in L.A. The positive thing about seeing Matthews out there is that Donald is definitely going to draw a lot of double teams. Fowler is another player that's going to draw a lot of, of, you know, offensive line shifting gears over to that. So Clay might be able to get freed up and, and get into the backfield more. Maybe that is the game plan LA is looking at is kind of these other guys are going to demand attention. Let's see if Clay can do it. Because on the Packers, I mean, outside of Mike Daniels, who is a, a stellar guy, but he's been, you know, battling injuries throughout the last couple of seasons. I mean, Matthews was always pretty much, he'd either have one tackle, a tackle, and a guard picked up by a tight end. Uh, he'd be kind of double covered there. So we'll we'll see what happens, but maybe that is the thought process. And if Clay can get into the backfield, I think he can still do some damage. But for the amount of money that LA is paying, I don't know. I think that money could have been spent elsewhere. We don't really have any money to spend. I don't know where this money is coming from, to be honest with you. Uh, we I thought we were counting out. <laughs> yeah, no idea where this is coming from, and you know we just got Bortles too. It. I don't know how we're going to pay any rookies, but we'll we'll figure that out. But yeah, we we lost Nadamakan Sue, or we haven't lost him yet. But uh, there's no way. But then again, we just made this money appear out of thin air, so who knows? But I think you lose Sue, you replace him with Clay. Magicians down there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I think Clay Matthews at at the very least, and I'm sure you can agree with me. Sue kind of disappointed with us, but the fact that Nadamakan Sue was standing there made defenses have to worry about him. And Clay Matthews, even in his old age, even with, you know, he's not the player he was a couple years ago, but he still has that gravity, I would say, on the field, right? That, you know, when Clay Matthews walks on the field, the offense has to realize that Clay Matthews is there and you have to at least put a body on him. You can't sleep on him. You know, you you can't fall asleep on Clay because he will still terrorize your quarterback, especially when, you know, the quarterback needs to be the most protected player on the field. Uh, he's going to do some, I think he'll do some, some magic out there. We'll see. Hopefully he can stay healthy. I mean, he has had a couple of seasons where he's been battling different injuries, but overall, I mean, he's been a solid player for the Packers. Great in the early years. Sad to see him go, but now he's your problem. And now we can start new. We can start fresh. We can take a breath air of, of smoked Gouda cheese and, and cheddar cheese and all of the delicious cheeses that we have here in Wisconsin. We're breathing new. Take a sip of Spotted Cow and breathe a sigh of relief. Amen to that. <laughs> All right. Hopefully the season isn't as terrible as it was last year. Holy cannoli. Yeah, well, unfortunately for you guys, you're not going to get your revenge game against us without Ty Montgomery on the team because we, we all know how that ended up when we played last year. Oh, God. Ty Montgomery. We don't speak of his name anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I know, I know you're hopping on TV soon, so uh, tell the people where they can follow you on Twitter. Follow me at Beer Here, homie. And keep it real, Steve. Thanks for having me. Hope everything is fresh and dandy. We know the L.A. Rams are going to do some damage again this year. I, I hope so. And hopefully the Packers have a little bit bounce back year two as well. Well, thanks for coming on, Beer. Always a pleasure. Peace out. All right, Johnny, you have not heard, did not hear that call. but uh, And, of course, we thank Beer for coming on. He's always a great guest. But basically, sum up his point, Clay Matthews can still rush the passer. And that's all, that's something that we've been talking about is how if we're bringing in him as a situational pass rusher, why not on a cheap deal? It'd be a great signing. It'd be kind of like Chris Long has been, uh, which I mentioned talking to Beer. But two years, 
a maximum of $16.75 million over the course of two years. We don't know how incentive-based this is. You have to imagine it's pretty incentive-based. But, Johnny, how are you feeling about this move? Okay, so it's it's pretty obvious. The Rams needed uh, edge rushing. That was for certain. But $16.75 million, I mean, sure, if we have all the cap space in the world, why not? But considering, I think that was a little too steep, especially for Matthews. I, I don't know. There's some other guys out there that I personally would have invested that kind of money into. But, uh, I mean, yes, he's still a good uh, edge rusher, but I, I don't know. Personally, I would have invested this money into somebody else. Uh, may, maybe I'm being a little too harsh, but, um, you know, I, I will say I am looking forward to seeing him hit some people. I mean, that's always nice. <laughs> it, you know, one thing I mentioned, too, just now, uh, guys, I'm repeating this because Johnny hasn't heard it. We had Ndamukong Sue last year who had a, just a lot of gravity around him being on the field. It's, you know, it's Ndamukong fucking Sue. Like, you got to fear that man. You got to pay attention to him. Clay Matthews, at the very least, will bring that kind of gravity. Maybe he's not as feared as Sue is today, but he's still a pretty fearsome player and a legendary pass rusher. And we're bringing him off the edge. I'm excited about the prospect of that. I would have liked him more in a situation role, but hey, you give him this much money, he's going to start. And look, let's be real. Samson Ibukam is the guy starting across from Dante Fowler. Clay Matthews, no matter how washy he is right now, probably an upgrade. And at the very least, will be a better pass rusher and might split time. But it's a lot of money for Clay Matthews. And this is a bigger contract than Eric Weddle got. I, I will keep my eyes peeled to Twitter as we record the show to see you know, how how much of this was incentive based, but um, I haven't we haven't gotten any of that info yet. We will see. Hopefully, that comes out while uh, you know we're recording the show. But I don't know, man. He's going to be a starter, and I hope he can produce like he has in the past, but. He's been a little iffy over the past couple years. Last year was he played 16 games and had the lowest sack total of his career. Uh, tackles, not the total lowest, but for a healthy 16-game season for him, definitely the lowest at 43. He's he's not getting any younger, but you got to think he's going to be motivated back in Los Angeles. You know, At the start of his career, never even thought he'd have a chance of playing in Los Angeles. There was no team here. If the Rams are still in St. Louis, they don't get Clay Matthews. I think that's pretty much a given fact. But I don't know, man. I got to see the incentives before I, I make a call. But you know what? At the very least, we're upgrading the team. And hopefully it's – I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. We actually got Clay Matthews. I will say that, that this move also kind of gives us a little incentive of where the Rams are going to go in the NFL draft. Me personally, after seeing this kind of a move, I think they're going to focus on the defensive line, particularly maybe even drafting a nose tackle because, you know, you, you have Clay Matthews who basically his job will be to, you know, pass rush, which is great, but um, you need to, op- you, you need to open that up a little bit. And of course, Aaron Donald's going to do that. Nick Dominican Sue, it's it's obvious he's gone now. 
And so the only other option there is Michael Brockers, who we've already kind of talked about not being the most reliable at this time. So to open all of this up, you're going to need someone that's going to be uh, a, a clog up the middle, particularly at nose tackle. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the Rams draft a nose tackle uh, with their 31st overall pick. I think that is becoming more and more likely that they're going to take a nose tackle there. I'm with you. Uh, I think while well, Brockers is here this year, uh, and you know, I've seen fan speculation, not actual speculation, that they could move Brockers to facilitate this move. They could backload Clay Matthews' contract in the next year when we're going to have a projected $93 million in cap space. But uh, guys, we got to keep in mind that does does not include Jared Goff, who is going to take up quite a bit of that cap space. So uh, don't go fully, don't go fully putting all your eggs in the twenty twenty basket just yet. We'll have to, we're gonna have to wait and see. And I don't know, but that seems likely. Or they could move Brockers or Peters or Talib, which I, I I can't see them moving Peters and Talib. But yeah, edge rusher. I think this basically eliminates it from the conversation with that thirty first pick, unless somebody is there that they can't pass up. And I don't see that happening. A lot of teams need edge rushing right now, hence why. Clay Matthews is getting this much money. And the rumor is there was more money on the table from other teams. Who was offering him all this money? I'm kind of mind blown by this. But, yeah, I think it's clearly looking like they go either defensive tackle or maybe inside linebacker with that pick. They could go offensive line too. But I think defensive tackle seems likely. I, I don't know. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. I don't know how much draft research have you done, but you got anyone in mind at 31? I would love Dexter Lawrence, honestly. The uh, nose tackle from uh, Clemson. Uh, Dexter Lawrence is uh, exactly who the Rams could use. And then seeing that kind of defense kind of formulate, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make uh, Wade Phillips rub his hands together. Because having a guy like Dexter Lawrence will free up guys like Clay Matthews, um, you know, Dante Fowler, who they just brought back, and of course Aaron Donald to do what, what they please. And that when you really when it really uh boils down to it, you have you you have this kind of missing piece that the Rams need and Dexter Lawrence kind of fits it. So it it actually is a scary defense when you kind of put that all together. So I I'm really hoping that Lawrence gets there, but the thing is there aren't too many great nose tackles in the draft, so it all just kind of depends on the demand. And generally speaking, nose tackles, unless they're, you know, elite elite, they don't usually get picked too high in the first round. But, um, you know, things could change. So I'm hoping um, I'm hoping there aren't any teams that are going to be targeting him early on. But uh, I have seen in a few mock drafts him dropping to us. Uh, but you know, mock drafts are just that they're, they're, uh, they're a practice, a practice draft for the couch, uh, analysts. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it really is. It hey. really is. It's kind of, you take it for a grain of salt. Pot calling the kettle black here, man. We are the definition of couch analysts. We sit here and say how Sean Manning isn't good at quarterback week to week when neither of us have, could probably throw a pass 20 yards. What are you talking about? I can throw I can throw that ball over the mountains. Yeah, over. the reference I was hoping for. Thank you. Thank you. 
I was very much hoping that's where you were going with that. Uh, Uncle Rico. Shout out to my Gotta guy, wait. Uncle Rico. Uh, we do have to mention that. Okay. And I, th- I think I mentioned this really before. The Rams have $8.7 million in cap space right now. They need money to pay draft picks. Uh, and this doesn't account for Blake Bortles and or Clay Matthews. And now Malcolm Brown is in there, and we'll talk about Malcolm Brown a little later, who if they let him walk to the Lions, which with this move seems like a likely thing, that'll clear $2 million in cap space. So still at $10 million for these two guys. So you got to think Matthews is going to be heavy incentive-based. You got to think Bortles is going to be low. I would guess like $4 million, $5 million tops for him. But they still might have to make a move to kind of facilitate this move as you know, maybe uh, just, this is just pure guessing here because I I don't think they plan on getting rid of Brockers. And if they're going to get rid of Brockers, I think they want – they got to get something back for him. I think they would trade him and hope they could get a second or third round pick. But I feel like he's on the team next year. Marcus Peters and Akeem Tlaib, they're not going anywhere. Um, you could cut – you could cut Tlaib and save all the money, but – you don't bring in clay matches and cut Akeem Tlaib when Akeem Tlaib is the far superior player right now. Nickel Roby Coleman, maybe they try and move him in his $6 million cap hit, but he's they can't cut him. He'd be completely dead money. They're not just going to throw that away. And that's kind of it as far as it goes for guys he could really move and save that cap space. I mean, you can move like players along the line of Tyler Higby, uh, Troy Hill if he gets signed by somebody, but... That's that's freeing up minimal cash space. It's only two million, so I don't know. I don't know how much it is, but it feels like they're pulling this money out of thin air, and I don't know where they're going to get the money to pay draft picks. I'm kind of hoping that the sources are wrong and that they aren't paying him this amount of money. But uh, usually, it's not too far off. So uh, I might that might be dreaming, but uh, I, I am a little worried about uh, about the salary cap. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, well. I'll, I'll keep my Twitter feed refreshed to see how incentive-based signing bonus, whatever, if this comes out tonight. I don't imagine it will because we haven't even gotten um, Clay or Blake Bortles' contract info yet, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, we'll keep that open. But, hey, let's talk about the boat, man. we got Blake Bortles. We have a real backup quarterback. Uh, how do you feel about him? I feel like Blake Bortles – is the equivalent of Darud Sandstone. He's just become he's just become that kind of meme at this point. And you know, I will say this, he is certainly a huge upgrade over, you know, that of Sean Mannion and we'll we'll get to him a little bit later, but you know, this this is big actually because you, you want to be able to be confident, as you've said countless times, you want to be confident in that guy behind Jared Goff just in case if the unthinkable happens and, you know, he might injure himself. Hopefully that's not going to happen, but, you know, you got to be prepared for anything. So, and that's basically what this is all about is to, you know, have that extra security because obviously Mannion wasn't going to be the guy. Yeah, there, there was no chance, and salute to Sean Mannion. Uh, I, I actually saluted in my house. You know, I will miss talking about Sean Mannion. Uh, I won't miss watching him play because we watched him play like three times, and none of them were ever good. 
Um, this is a clear upgrade. I think, and Johnny, I don't know if I, I asked you if you wanted to rank your backup quarterbacks later or on this show. If we ranked the backup quarterbacks last year, Sean Mannion was probably bottom five, I would guess. Uh, where do you think I had Blake Bortles? Uh, I would imagine pretty close to the top. Pretty close to so, the top. Yeah, maybe number three. That's exactly where I had him, at number three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number one, I had Tyrod Taylor. Number two, I had Ryan Tannehill. And even Tannehill is debatable. Um, I, I think Tyrod's much better than both of these guys. And then, like, behind Blake Bortles, this is who I had. Teddy Bridgewater, Robert Griffin, Colt McCoy, Matt Barkley, either Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard, Trevor Simeon, Brian Hoyer, Brett Hundley. That list drops off very quickly. And you look at the top four guys and who they're playing for. Tyrod Taylor signed with the Chargers. That's a contender. Ryan Tannehill signed with the Titans. That's a team that made the playoffs last year and is trying to push to be a contender. We have Blake Bortles. We're a contender. The Saints have Teddy Bridgewater. They're a contender. And the these guys are signing with good teams because when you're all in in the pursuit of a championship – You need to have a backup plan in case something happens to your best players, particularly and most importantly at the quarterback position. As I harped on many times last year when we talked about Sean Manning, how not good he was. And if Jared Goff got hurt last year, throw the season out the window. I mean, yeah, he didn't perform in the Super Bowl great. You think Sean Manning would have done any better? Absolutely not. We, you need to have somebody that can win you ball games and, ideally has proven that they can win ball games. Yeah, Blake Bortles. It, Sandstorm was a good equivalent because you put on Sandstorm at a party, a lot of the time people are going to be like, dude, what are you doing? But occasionally, <laughs> that's going to put the party off the chain because people like Sandstorm sometimes. <laughs> it's That's what you get with Blake Bortles. I mean, yeah, sometimes he's frustrating and he can be bad, but he, he's, got, he's played in an AFC championship as a starter. He earned a second contract. If you're good enough to earn a lucrative second contract, either the team that is paying you that money is dumb as hell, or you showed enough flashes to earn that second contract that you could be a promising quarterback and a good enough starting quarterback to lead a team to a Super Bowl. Is Blake Bortles good enough to lead a team to a Super Bowl? I don't think so. That's why he's a backup. But if if you're pushed into the situation... You can win with him, and he's you, teams have proven that they could win with him. You, yeah, we're probably gonna have to shift the offense a little bit if Bortles comes in. You're not gonna be going as gunslinger as you would with Jared Goff, but we have, you know, short possession receivers. We have a running back who, if he's healthy, and by all counts, the Rams are banking on him being healthy given the moves they made this off season. You can rely on him more, but you can't fully stack the box like they did with rookie Jared Goff and Case Keenum because Blake Bortles has proven that he can throw. He can win games with his arm. It's not ideal, but when you – we just talked about, like, in my top ten backup quarterbacks were guys like Trevor Simeon, Brian Hoyer, and Brett Hundley. I mean, this list tails off quickly. There's a small group of guys that you could actually plug in and hope to still go to the Super Bowl if your quarterback gets hurt and – that's why I'm glad Blake Bortles is here. It doesn't seem like we're going to give him a lot of money. 
and I, I'm thrilled about it. I, this is all what I've been wanting for the past year is a guy that you can at least have some confidence in if your quarterback gets down, and Blake Bortles is exactly that. You know, to kind of add to that, by the way, I'm, I'm super happy that you got the the sandstorm uh, reference. I didn't think uh, <laughs> I was actually kind of worried that you would you'd be like, the hell is that? But, I don't mean uh, to pat myself on the back, but my off-season analogy game has been on fire. <laughs> yep. Some, some, would say analogy. some would say it's better than my football analysis. I mean, I, I'd say that. I, I know my strengths. <laughs> I know my weaknesses. Yep. Your strengths are RC-10. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to kind of add to what you were saying, though, I, I think another thing we need to look at is kind of the underlying story here. It's kind of something that some people have started to talk about and some people haven't. Uh, and some people don't even want to think about this, but it's kind of true. So the Rams are bringing in Bortles. And yes, the main purpose is to back up Jared Goff. But one thing we also need to consider is that this isn't <laughs> this isn't a coincidence to bring in like probably one of the better backup quarterbacks you can have and where I'm going at with this is that this is also Jared Goff's contract year now we're we're concerned about signing a a veteran linebacker now keep in mind it it is it is you know kind of a heftier contract that you'd want to give to someone as old as as uh, Clay Matthews but still if we're worrying about this, then we obviously don't have a lot of cap space. And yes, it does get a little bit better next season, but you're you're probably going to have to pay Jared Goff an extremely ungodly amount of money because he's he's going to command it and you know what the market calls for it. And there's going to be a team out there that's going to give them all the money they can possibly give him. And it's looking more and more likely that the Rams may not be able to bring him back. So at this point, Sean McVay could actually take a look at Bortles, see see if he's worth keeping next season. And who knows, maybe Bortles becomes our 2020 quarterback. I personally don't want that to happen just because I don't think he's that kind of a quarterback that can be the leader, someone to lead you to a Super Bowl. But the Rams may not have a choice unless they want to roll with, you know, a rookie quarterback. And if the Rams have it their way, they're probably not going to have, you know, a top 10 pick in 2020 also. So that idea goes out the door unless we trade up. So this is why Blake Bortles may be the quarterback of 2020, uh, you might not like it. You may not want to think about it, but it's kind of true at this point. Uh, let me let me just respond to this, okay? Unless Blake Bortles goes full Nick full Super Bowl run, or Goff suffers a serious injury, that's not going to happen. Can you imagine if they roll into the new stadium with Blake Bortles as their starting quarterback? <laughs> It's that not would, they're paying off. <laughs> they're not 
they have to sell this team. They're still building their fan base. You build a fan base. Your quarterback's the most popular player on the team. And I know we all – I listen to what I just said about Blake Bortles. I love the guy. He, he's a walking meme, but he's also one, one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. But he's a backup for a reason because he kind of crashed and burned in Jacksonville. And nobody was trying to get him as their starter. Hell, the Dolphins just signed Ryan Fitzpatrick to be their starter. They could add Blake Bortles. They could have made a move at Teddy Bridgewater. And Bridgewater's a little different, but as much as I love these guys, they're backups for a reason. And it's they come with risk. Jared Goff, it, yeah, he's had his couple of moments of you know not being great, but he has improved his completion percentage every year. He's thrown for more yards every year. He's thrown for more touchdowns every year. Uh, his interceptions went up a little bit this year, but that comes with the territory of throwing more passes. I guess you could say some of the other stuff does too, but his QBR was up. His quarterback rating was up. Basically, he improved across the board last year, and the team improved. Jared Goff's record, and he, yeah, you could tie it to Sean McVay if you want to, but he's still 24-7 and over the past two seasons. He's earned big quarterback money. Now, is it, is it smart to pay quarterbacks all this money that they're getting paid? That could be debatable. But when you're a contending team entering a new stadium, do you want to bring in a rookie and develop him? Absolutely not. You have the guy there. They're probably going to be rolling with a team of Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Aaron Donald, I think John Johnson gets another contract, a big one, and the rest of the team around them is going to be a skeleton crew. It's going to be, you know, once Robert Woods' contract is up, probably can't bring him back. Rob Havenstein, luckily we got him locked up pretty long. That's going to keep some stability on the line, but I really think it's going to be those six players and a skeleton crew around him. You know, maybe we keep a keep to leave a couple years on a, uh, you know, a cheaper deal. We're probably going to be seeing a lot of Eric Weddle, Clay Matthews type contracts, veterans at a cheaper rate. Clay Matthews not that cheap, but Weddle is a better example. They're going to pay off. I should they different conversation. I think they should just because of where this team is at. It is harder to build a team around a quarterback on that money, but look at what's been going on in the AFC for the past decade and a half. Three quarterbacks have been to the Super Bowl pretty much every year with the with the exception of the Flacco year, which was a anomaly. The NFC has been a little different, but you still look at some of the top teams. Drew Brees is up there. Russell Wilson is up there. It's, it starts with the quarterback, and we have the guy. Is he perfect? No, but he's in the top half of quarterbacks in this league. You could argue he's top 10. But if you're in the top half, you get that money, and you know, Goff is going to get that money. I don't so, know. If so you... let me ask you. Let, let me ask you this, Steve. Do you think that as the Rams' salary cap is right this minute, and, and not even looking at the 2019 salary cap, let's take a look at the 2020 salary cap. Do you think that the Rams have the money to give Jared Goff to securely sign him? Yeah. They have it. It's just going to cripple the rest of the team, uh, which is I, – I think they're more likely to pay Jared Goff and when the opportunity opens up to you know potentially move on from Brandon Cooks, maybe they do that. But they're, 
they they can they have enough money. They have ninety three million dollars in cap space next year. Even if he gets thirty five million, hypothetically, that's <laughs> they're still going to have fifty million in cap space at least to round out the rest of the roster. And uh, even starting with next year, here are guys that are still going to be under the contract: Donald, Gurley, Cooks, Havenstein, Robert Woods, Eric Weddle, Nicole Roby Coleman. Jesus Christ, Nicole Roby Coleman. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Hecker, Ger- Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup, John Johnson, Joseph Nopum, Josh Reynolds, Samson Ebukam, Brian Allen, John Franklin Myers, Micah Kaiser. You know that's a lot of potential starters. And assuming they don't trade picks, assuming they can draft well, they can keep to fill. They can keep filling out this roster with younger players um, as they go to build around Donald Cooks, Gurley, Goff, and I expect John Johnson as well will be in that group of guys that are paid. But it's why hitting on draft picks is going to be huge. It's why if we could get something starters out of Boom, Allen, Franklin Myers, Kaiser, as we've talked about, that'll be huge for this team. They're not really going to have room to pay many other players, but there's no way they've been ma- operating in with all these moves. There's no way they're operating paying Gurley and Cooks last offseason without knowing that a Goff extension was going to come down the road. I, I just – that would shock me if they did that. I guess they could also uh, look to franchise him. They could do that, but I don't know. Next year, they they have what they call a fifth-year option. Um, so I don't think – it would be dumb, silly to extend him this offseason. I think next year they give him that option, which will be – um, I believe a little bit over twenty million. I think Mariota got the option and got twenty million. It'll continue to go up, but it won't be anything crazy. And then after that, uh, he's going to be making low thirty million annually, at least. I would say uh, the quarterback and the money is going to be insane. But the cap's going to continue to go up, so we'll we'll see what happens. But I, I think I I can't imagine they're gone. Uh, I do. Before we continue on Goff and other. Other news, I do got to throw this out, Johnny. A, sponsor, a shout out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk, and his book, Hollywood Team Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Guys, I'm reading this book right now, and I got to say, it's an awesome book. It's an awesome story. It's got it's Rams history with a bit of a personal touch, and it tells the story of the Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John Hawk, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out a son's story of his father in the team he played for in the era of glitz glamour and future hall of famers you're going to read about players in this book like norm van brocklin crazy likes hirsch tom fears and les richter and this story spanning the 1950s la rams you can find hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on twitter at hollywoodsteam it's available in both hardback and electronic form at amazon and barnes and noble you can also find this book at hollywoodsteam you can find hollywoodsteam through various booksellers on the internet guys i'm reading this book now it's an awesome book the hard copy is awesome, and it, you know, it feels awesome. It looks awesome, and if you don't like hard copy, the paperback is on the way coming in September. Trust me, guys. This is an awesome story about a great – it's a great story about a person's father and legacy left behind. Trust me, guys. You won't regret buying this book, Hollywood Seam, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Uh, Johnny, I'm admittedly a little winded after that ad read, and – after that long talk about Goff getting paid. But do you have any final thoughts on, on Goff? Now, I, we've been teasing this conversation for a while, so let him out. Uh, not, not, not really much other than I'm a little disturbed 
that the Titans paid that much for Mariota. <laughs> well, it was it was the option, so this is it's basically the a prove it contract. Like and I think what you said about Blake Bortles coming in and why he's coming in, I think is a lot more applic- applicable. I don't know why I could get that word out to Mariota, who's on the fifth year option, and they bring in Ryan Tannehill as his backup. I think Tannehill is better than Blake Bortles. I think Mariota is worse than Goff. So I, I think while there is some truth to what you said about the Rams there, I think that's the perfect thing to go with what the Titans are doing right now. I think that's exactly what they're planning on doing. It's not so much. Uh, basically, uh, I'm not saying I want to see this happen. Let's make this very clear. I don't want want to see this happen at all. Uh, in fact, that's worst case scenario in my opinion. Uh, I'm just saying it's not that far-fetched when you really think about it. Because, yes, will the Rams try and bring back Jared Goff? Absolutely. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind this the Rams invested a lot to bring him in. You know, There's no doubt in my mind that they'll try their best. My question in all of this is will they be successful in bringing him back? Because there's going to be a lot of teams out there that are going to be gunning for him. And I, I didn't realize he had a fifth-year option, to be honest. Uh, that's that's, uh, it that's helps. good to know. It helps, but I'm sure there's a chance that next offseason, if he has, if he continues to improve and has another great year, if they sign him that option, he may want to extend. And I think if they can keep that option for 2020 and be able to use that cap space around him, even if it's, you know, some one-year deals like we saw this year or last year with Ndamukong Sue and whatnot. Um, if they can keep the option and then extend him like they did with Todd Gurley where he had two years left and then the extension kicked in, that would be the most ideal thing so we could kind of get another year. It'll be big money. He'll be the highest-paid player on the team. Will he be the highest-paid player on the team? What's Donald make? He'll be the second-highest-paid player on the team. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I don't think it'll get up to 25, but that'll give us another year, even though he'll get a big raise to kind of put some pieces around and really go at it in 2020. And then 2021, it, there's a reason why there's not a ton of quarterback movement in the NFL. You know, think about the guys who have been multi-time pro bowlers on the rookie deal. Did they move? No, not really. Kirk Cousins moved, but... Look at, let's say, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan. Um, you know, Stafford and Ryan especially, I think, are good examples because they were very good players, but they weren't. You know, Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl, and you pay that man all the money he wants. Stafford and Ryan, they're, I think, top-half quarterbacks, but they're ne- they never really – Ryan obviously was in the top five his MVP year, but other than that, those guys haven't really sniffed the top five that much. And they got their paydays, and as they should. Quarterbacks don't move around that much, especially the really the guys who you'd consider franchise quarterbacks. And that's why I think he's going to get his money, and that's even why I think you know Dak Prescott is going to get a hefty payday too. Um, the quarterback money is unfortunately going to keep going up, but I, I think they make a deal work. I think Goff wants to be here. I think the Rams want him to be here. And I just can't imagine they're not operating all these moves without – having Goff in their mind because that payday is not that far away and the fifth year option is going to help but he it's sooner rather than later that he's getting the brink struck give me Jared Goff over Dak Prescott any day (laughs) agreed 
Uh, I don't want to get into a whole Dak Prescott debate, but he's going to get paid, I think, and you got to pay him. It's better to have your quarterback, I think, than go out and get another rookie quarterback. And I think there's a threshold where that might not be worth it, and I think Dak is slightly above the threshold. He he doesn't blow the threshold out of the water, but I think he's above the line of where you'd say we should just pay this guy instead of trying to do this all over again. And I don't know. That's just my thoughts on that. I don't. We don't need to talk about Dak. We do, Johnny. We have to say a final goodbye though to Sean Mannion. What are your parting thoughts on your boy here? You disappointed me, bro. I had you back. You were my boy. I I was like, I I I made Norm and Steve laugh on how well mainly mainly Steve. Nah, Norm was Norm a, was on your too. side. Derek was on my side. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I made I made uh, Derek and Steve laugh, and honestly, they uh, he came up short. So goodbye, Sean Mannion. Hopefully, you do find success in some form as a backup quarterback somewhere because clearly you are not an NFL starter. Yeah. Um, I've said my piece on Mannion, my, my RC 10. I hope he has a long and thriving career in the AAF or the, he's not good enough to play in the CFL. Maybe the arena league, if that's still a thing. Um, <laughs> if Johnny Manziel couldn't make it in the CFL, well, I guess he kind of got kicked out, but it, he's, I'd rather have him than Sean Mannion. And I'd rather not have either of those guys. There's always the XFL. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I could see him playing in the XFL. Yeah, I'll make that prediction. Sean Mannion starts a game in the NFL in 2020. I I will take that to the bank. You mean the XFL? What did I say? The XFL? You said you said NFL. Oh, I meant XFL. Well, it's, been, <laughs> it's been a long night. <laughs> um, okay. Do you think the Rams bring in another quarterback in the draft, or I'm sure they'll have somebody in camp. You know, maybe they bring back Luis Perez as a camp body. But do you think they go into the season with three quarterbacks? Probably not, right? No, I I don't imagine so. And if they do bring in anyone, it'll be an undrafted free agent. I I would be unless it was like someone that fell like in the seventh round and they were completely shocked. I would be I would be shocked to see them select a you know, a quarterback at all in the NFL draft. Yeah, I think they have a lot of depth needs. I Even if they're later picks, I like to see them bring another linebacker, maybe even another cornerback if Troy Hill doesn't come back. Uh, D-tackle, as we mentioned, we we could use some line depth too. And now we have, well, let's talk about this now, we might need another running back. Malcolm Brown has signed an offer sheet with the Detroit Lions. Um I, I haven't seen a number. For, have you seen a number for this? No, I, I just know that the Lions have, uh, you know, offered, made him an offer, and, you know, the Rams have until Monday to match this offer. So either it's so big that, that they don't want to display the number, or maybe they just don't know yet. I would imagine it's like 4 or $5 million a year. Um, and I given the Clay Matthews move, I, I can't imagine they bring him back. I don't know where they're going to make that money appear from. Um, but they, the tender on Malcolm Brown wouldn't give us a draft pick back. The ten, Corey Littleton had a second-round tender, so if somebody signs Corey Littleton, we get a second-round pick, which 
I don't know if I don't want to lose Corey Littleton, but it's not the end of the world because of that pick. But I I don't see them bringing Brack Brown now, and I don't think they're they're not going to have money for C.J. Anderson. I think that's plain and simple, unless there's really no market out there for him, and he, we get him back on a minimum. But even that, I don't know where that money's coming from. Losing Brown hurts, man. That's a tough loss. He he when he played, he was a fine backup, even better than fine, and we have. John Franklin, who we like. John Franklin. John Franklin Myers in my mind. We have John Kelly, who we like. <laughs> I didn't even have to look that one up, thank God. That would have been embarrassing. We have John Kelly, who we've liked, but I think it was clear that they didn't trust him when they brought in C.J. Anderson, and they didn't even split carries in the first game. C.J. Anderson just took that ball and ran with it. I Maybe after another year, they give John Kelly his fair shake, and if Todd Gurley's knee is, I, I guess a 5% or less concern for them, then that's fine with me. But I am I still would like to have a stable backup back there. And Brown was that, and it, it kind of sucks that we're going to most likely see him go. It, it, it's actually a little bit confusing for me to see the a team like the Lions go after him because they have a carousel of running backs that constantly go in and out of that team. And it's like, you're just adding one more. Where's the chemistry going there? And it's one of the reasons why their their running game doesn't really pick up. They their running game is actually uh, kind of the laughing stock of the NFL. So to to get another guy, and don't get me wrong, Malcolm Brown is a talented running back, but he's not that you know, star running back that you want for your team. So I, I don't know, just it, it seems like the Lions always seem to stack up on, you know, these backup running backs and it goes nowhere. So it, it just really kind of uh, perplexed me a little bit. But uh, to go back to the, the subject a little bit, you know, it I'd be okay if the Rams stuck with John Kelly and, you know, I'd like to get somebody else other than Justin Davis, to be honest. But you know, I, I would be I would be completely fine signing uh, or, or sticking with uh, John Kelly because I do have a lot of faith in the guy. I know that they kind of rolled with C.J. Anderson, but I think the intent was just to kind of have somebody else there because they knew they were going to sit uh, Todd Gurley. So I think it was just to help kind of balance the offense a little bit. But when they saw C.J. Anderson, you know, perform way above expectations, you know, the the need for John Kelly at that point wasn't really there. So as far as John Kelly is concerned, I do think that he's talented enough to be that kind of backup running back. Uh, it's just whether or not Sean McVay doesn't like what he sees in, in uh, John Kelly, but I don't think that's the case. I just think that... Uh, McVeigh liked, uh, you know, Anderson so much that they just rolled the dice with him. And, you know, in, in all fairness, they sh- they definitely had the right to do so. He played lights out, and I do hope that they can bring him back if they can't, you know, bring back Brown. But um, chances are if they can't bring, bring back Brown, they're not going to bring back Anderson because he's going to command more money. Yeah, but no – there's been like no buzz on CJ yet, so that's I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I don't even think we have the, any money left to give him. And you know, losing Brown 
it's gonna be tough. But it, <laughs> those are some harsh words for the Lions, man. Carry on Johnson's pretty good. Okay, so <laughs> I think it was I, I think it was last year that they had the first one hundred yard rusher, right? Um, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah, it was the first one hundred yard rushing or was it receiving? No, I'm pretty sure it was rushing. The first one hundred yard rusher in like uh, a year or two. Oh, yeah, that's probably accurate. It it has definitely been a joke the running game for a while. Uh, what's who was that dude that kid was their starter? Joyke Bell was their starter for so long it was never good. Um, but carry on if he was healthy, I think it would have been a little more respectable. But your point is kind of right. Your point still stands. Not I don't think the laughing stock last year, but still. Carryon Johnson is a young running back who you want to give touches to. Theo Riddick is the passing down back. Wait, where does Malcolm Brown fit in here? Uh, he's not going to be a good back. They had LeGarrette Blount. They had Amir Dula. Yeah. <laughs> Some, yeah. I was at work, and uh, my coworker just goes, Amir Abdullah re-signed with the Vikings. And I was like, what do you mean re-signed? <laughs> he was on the Vikings last year? <laughs> So that that got a good laugh out of me, but yeah, I I think I'm I think it depends on how confident they are in Todd Gurley's knee, and hope ideally they're really confident in it. And I think we until we know more information, we can't really make a call on this. But if they're confident on his knee that he can perform his usual workload or at least very close to it, then I'm fine with going into the season as John Kelly's a backup. I definitely would like to bring in another guy besides Justin Davis. Maybe we grab somebody off the cheap on the scrap bin. Uh, maybe we get a player, get a draft pick in the fifth or sixth round, or an undrafted guy that they like. Uh, we've seen undrafted guys come out and be very good running backs in the past, and we don't even need a very good running back. We just need an average running back to be Todd Gurley's backup. And I think John Kelly could be that. He hasn't, he didn't show a ton last year in the regular season, but that he, the August football hero. It's something I still believe in at times, and I, I'll i be fine if Kelly's the running back, but it's scary. It's it's definitely scary, and uh, if, if Brown is truly gone, I wish him nothing but the best, man. He was awesome here, and hopefully he gets chances to prove himself because I'm still a little upset that Benny Cunningham is was dwindling away as a third stringer in Chicago. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think Cunningham is... Uh was uh, was such a underused talent but it it did kind of surprise me that he went there to begin with with those two running backs there but uh well who knows maybe <laughs> they'll make a trade you never know but you know, he's a free agent maybe he comes home is he maybe we get wow. ben, maybe we get Benny back Benny <laughs> I love it uh, I think he'd be perfect to mix in with John Kelly, but I, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I think at the end of last week, we asked if we expect the Rams to do anything else, and the answer was no. But now that we're here, can you imagine them doing anything else? I'm, I'm going to laugh if next week we come on this podcast and we're like, well, they just gave, you know, 20 more million dollars away. <laughs> like, where are they getting this money? Ndamukong Sue and C.J. Anderson have both re-signed with the team, and they traded for Von Miller. What an offseason. Oh, my <laughs> God. I I don't even know how that would 
they would have to be some serious moves at that point unless you know they restructure their contracts to get minimum yeah Yeah, that ain't happening though i think all signs just point to preparing for the draft now and uh, we need to get some draft experts on here if we can because i don't really know shit about the draft at this point to be honest with you i have not done much research at all i want somebody to tell me who we should take like you did today so i appreciate that but yeah, I looked at the draft. I think the only other thing that could even possibly be in play is a Michael Brockers trade, and by all accounts, it's not happening unless somebody makes us a good enough offer, which I still – I mean, anyone's tradable, but I, I don't see it happening. All right. Uh, any parting thoughts here? Uh, Not really. I'm just going to say go Rams. <laughs> go Rams, of course, and shout-out to um, T-Bone again on Twitter who replaced – who said of the Blake Bortles signing, we replaced our RC10 with a Shasta root beer. I think it's a West Coast thing because I've never heard of that. You've never heard of Shasta? I've heard of Mug. I've heard of A&W. And I've heard of, uh, what's the gray one? Brock's? Barks? Those are the three root Oh, beers. Barks? Yeah. Actually, Shasta is, is a company. It's like a generic soda brand. Kind of like Springfield. Sam's Club. Kirkland. Yeah. Gotcha. Basically. Uh, well, I hope that's a compliment because I'm happy about Blake Bortles. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we can wrap the show up here. Uh, thanks again to Michael Beermeister for coming on and follow him on Twitter at beer here. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Barrow and Johnny at Johnny five, not six. And of course, Rams talk at talk Rams and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rams talk. Of course, Please subscribe and rate our podcast wherever you get them. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android. All right, guys. For Johnny Gomez, this is Steve Ribeiro. We'll talk to you next week. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. At Simple Mobile, you get the no-contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. They lure you in with shiny new phones and then lock you into long-term agreements. But Simple Mobile is different. You can get a 30-day plan starting at $25. You can also get the latest smartphones, or if you have a compatible phone you love, you can bring it. 
Just text BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. It's the reliability you need when you need it. All on a powerful nationwide 5G network. With no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. All for less money and no contract ever. 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability and coverage and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speed not yet available. Message and data rates may apply. Visit simplemobile.com slash privacy policy for privacy policy. Service plan required for activation. Terms at simplemobile.com.